Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, and with me as always, our very own nuclear deterrent, who is also a Boy Scout, it's Anthony James. And that's not a quote from this movie, I had to very kind of like ham-handedly get that in. <laughs> yeah, get the reference in. Um, yeah. I'm not truly a Boy Scout no. on paper. Paper, but I but I am a Boy Scout. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Conrad. I forgot to say it. Uh, yeah, I am a Boy Scout. I am a Boy Scout in general. Very, very. How how are you with not? Very wholesome guy. Um, I can do the traditional. I can do the double. Um, the double. What's the traditional? What's the, if, if if not the double? The double. The traditional knot is the one that SpongeBob taught me. You loop the loop and pull, and your shoes are looking. Oh, the cool. one with the the one with the rabbit is yeah for the shoes. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, fine. A, that's probably got to think about rabbit is. I was thinking literally just the over, underneath pull. The, the very loose knot. Okay. Then, then the, yeah. the double underneath pull, that's the double knot. Then you- <laughs> the double is, that's that's your that's your screwdriver for knots as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like anything, uh, that has, uh, there's not many problems a double knot can't <laughs> You don't want to double knot your shoes. Uh, that's all I'll say. I mean, you, I've done it. I've I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that it worked perfectly, but I've done those, it, and those shoes carried on working. Sometimes those those are uh, those hoops do come undone, and they end up with just a double knot. And they are, let me tell you, they're a teeth job. They're a teeth job. <laughs> yeah, you you gotta really get your get set aside some time to get those things undone. But you know, sometimes you're you're in the middle. You're 12 years old. It's the middle of a football match, and you're just like, oh, I can't be asked with this. Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. There's, there's one other knot that I that I can't do anymore. But geez, in the heyday, the heyday 1996, I could have. That's a yo-yo knot. The knot on the finger loop of a yo-yo, which means you can loosen it and tighten it as you please. Uh, you know what? I can't I remember play. how to do that anymore. The audio listeners won't be able to see this, but I got this like leather thong from a Viking market, a, a leather worker who was a, a reenactor of Viking stuff. I'm, I'm, love, I'm loving the audio listeners' reaction to this. Yeah, this, <laughs> he's got a, a, le- a leather a, a thong. thong. He's got yeah, a leather thong. <laughs> you heard. You heard. All right. Right. He's called that a thong a couple of times to me. I, I, I've never heard a bracelet called a thong. Uh, I've heard well, I thought, I've heard <laughs> shoes called thongs. I've called the thing, 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 wrong. thing that you no. put on your, your, your downstairs a thong. I've never heard yeah. a bracelet be called a thong. Maybe I'm wrong. I am pretty sure... I, I think Skyrim taught me this, that a piece of leather is called a thong. And this is just a strip of leather with intricate well that's the original meaning of the work. word thong maybe and then the rest of the world like the, it's been bastardized the rest of the world has moved on yeah, yeah. yeah but i'm nothing if not anachronistic when it comes to my use of language yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll still be here waving the flag for calling the this and nothing else a thong have um, you got one of those if you're listening at home <laughs> have i got one have you got Did one, you one of those knots on that thong no, exactly. That was the point I was trying to make. Was on this thing, I had one of those knots that lets you like you don't even have to undo it. It's like magic. You just then like you move the thing Jeez. to loosen and tighten it, but it came undone, and I've had to double this bad boy because it's it looks like I, I'm, I'm, I I was a cub. No, was I a cub scout? No, I was a. What's the one beneath that? Beavers. Beavers. I have no idea. I was. I wasn't involved. <laughs> All right. Well, I think there's. There's beavers, and then there's maybe something else, and then there's Cub Scouts. I I, I was the one beneath Cub Scout. I remember um, my friend was showing me like his little like coloured scarf for it and all when I was lived yeah, in Australia with his with his toggle. And I used to I, used, I said to my mom, I remember saying to her, "Mom, can, can I can I go to the go to the Cubs?" And she was like, "You play four different sports and you do Irish dancing. Where are we gonna have the time to send you to the Cubs?" <laughs> so yeah. I've always thought the Cubs and the Scouts were for people who just didn't play sports. They needed a club. 
Um, I mean, we didn't do many sports there. To be, we, don't worry, we are going to talk about movies in a minute, everyone. Just settle down. I can hear you at home. <laughs> hey, just wait. This is the, this is is the content that you pay for. not related material. Here. <laughs> yeah. There's, Batman knows how to tie a knot. I'll tell you that much for nothing. So, you know, this is important contextual uh, contextualization yeah, yeah, of yeah. the film we're about to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't do much sport in there, to be honest. It was mainly like just running, because like, I was like seven, so it was mainly just like going mental and running up and down a church hall yeah, yeah. for like an playing, hour playing, to tie you out. Playing uh, children's games, which we've had to change the name of in the last few years, that sort of thing. Yeah, that kind of thing. And I think there's probably some Bible stuff in there as well, because I think Boy Scouts is like inherently a bit religious. But uh, I, I, I am under that, that impression as well. Although, yeah, I, I don't like. There's a few people I know who do who do who are who are actually leaders of uh, Scouts and stuff. Oh, our Kalers. Yeah, and, I uh, think that's what you know, And I would hardly, I would hardly call them a vicar, if you know what I mean. So, I don't I, <laughs> <laughs> call them a guy. Um, uh, like, so, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to get into litigation with the boy scouts of ireland or whoever the ones well, <laughs> in scotland that? that's see that's the whole political hot mess as well there is there's a certain you know that i i when i came into this country at 12 years old i noticed that there was a certain community which mainly because it's it's usually like a like a protestant church thing it's not really like you know the, the scouts and the and the cubs and stuff you said it's a religious element there the religious element isn't really the catholic church so I, that's no i wouldn't say so, so. therefore it does spark the question do they call it the cub scouts of ireland uh i don't know no i don't know <laughs> they've probably got their own they've probably got their own thing Bear grills was the you head Bear grills was the head for a while i know that he was the head scout oh, i don't tr- i don't trust him a friend of mine so a friend of mine uh, missed missed the convention where he was speaking to all the little scouts uh bear grills oh. <laughs> <laughs> well i bet they were devastated to not hear Bear Grylls. Uh, the, all right, citation needed for what I'm about to say. It is a joke, but I do also genuinely believe this. For Bear Grylls is made up stories that he definitely didn't do. <laughs> We've all seen him drop out of a helicopter, Conrad. You can't fake that. No, you can't. But I mean, like, was he doing that stuff before he was famous? <laughs> like, you know, I can drop out of a helicopter. You give you put me on the BBC. Give me a helicopter. I'll jump out of it. I've got no problem with that. Like, what, with that. What was he? But was it, he in the Marines or something? Like, what was he actually in? No, he wasn't in anything. You think of Chris Ryan and um, Andy McNabb. Ross, who Ross, Kemp, I'm thinking Ross Kemp, am I? Ross Kemp was in EastEnders. <laughs> what are you talking about? Super Army soldiers. <laughs> they wouldn't lie to one of their own. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about Ross Kemp or EastEnders. Although Ross Kemp would make a good Batman, we're here to talk about Jay... Oli- I still haven't looked up how this is pronounced, so this is awful of me, but I've been on holiday this week. Jay Oliver, or Oliver's uh, sequel, or second part, I guess, less than a sequel, uh, of the animated Dark Knight Returns. So, without further ado, without further discussion of the SAS, the Boy Scouts, Ross Kemp, or Catholics, I say, let's talk about some gosh darn movies. Let's do it. Movies, we're here to talk about them, but, well, no, this is still talking about movies. I think I did this exact same kind of interjection of my own flow <laughs> yeah. last week as well. I can't remember. Um, Get, but the people have the been room. demanding Get it. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty, I'm, I, I'm playing playing my way back to full fitness, you know, <laughs> with with uh, with this. I've not I've not done it for a while. The people have been clamouring for it. Anthony's demanded it. And so before we go again into talking about uh, Dark Knight Returns Part Two, which we're very excited to do, yeah. and I'm sure you're very excited to listen to after that riveting intro. First, we're doing. That's right. It's your favourite of mine. Another back to the feature. 
I don't know if we did. I, I didn't actually watch last week's episode, so I don't know if we did the theme song or not. We did. I, I, don't know if we did. I found it. I found it. Slips it into the edit. There you go. That's how you know Anthony's a true pro. Okay. So, for those of you who weren't listening last week or have never listened before, Back to the Feature is the exciting game show where I have selected a feature film from around the release of this movie, which in this case was, I believe this movie came out in January 2013, so it's around about that time. Anthony will hear five clues and have five opportunities to guess the film. Each clue he hears lowers the amount of points he scores, and I welcome you to play along as well. Please keep track at home, because I ain't gonna do it. (laughs) So... Anthony, without further ado, are you ready for this week's edition of Back to the Feature? I'm ready. Lovely. Okay, so it's similar kind of format to last week's, where it's a bit more fact-based rather than IMDB questionable trivia-based, because a lot of those definitely aren't true. Um, Okay. Point one. Point one? Question one. Release date of this. So it could be anything, really. February 6th, 2013. Oh, okay. What do you think came out on February 6th, 2013? No idea. Um, this is going to be a throwaway, obviously. We'll go with yeah. uh, the Colin Farrell remake, Total Recall. Uh, you're probably not far off with that, actually. <laughs> that feels about right, but it isn't uh, the Colin Farrell remake of uh, Total Recall. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, I, was why, a, why was that film in my head? I don't know. There, there, there was a stretch there where they were like, you know what we should do? We should ruin Paul Verhoeven movies. And they did both Total Recall and Robocop in the space of like a year. And both of them were fucking I didn't garbage. see the Robocop one, actually. Oh, it's so bad. How to miss the point, the movie. Um, okay. Okay. Question number two. Mm-hmm. That's how much this, this movie made. It grossed $333 million. That's a big one. That's a whale. It is a big That's an umbrella. I'm going to say this right now. I don't think you've seen this movie. I don't think anyone remembers this movie, but it did do surprisingly well. Oh, okay. Interesting. So that makes... But you may, you may get it from the next one, <laughs> which is tagline. Okay. Um, I don't know why my head's going down <laughs> a sort of Disney route. Um, okay. Because that amount of money, it's going to be a big... Like, I'm going to say, to be honest with you, immediately I was thinking to myself, well, when this came out, I would have been living in Belfast still. <clears throat> Finished my degree in thir- 2013. And it was, so that was Belfast before I moved to London. So mm. what did I see that last stretch there? I'm not actually quite sure. I used to go to cinema quite a lot. Um, you say I didn't see it. Let's go with John Carter. It's not John Carter, but three hundred million is a bit much. A for solid, that. a solid guess. I don't know. Yeah, that film seemed to have been like universally panned, but someone must have seen it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it, uh, and it's three hundred million. I think is a lot for John Carter. Yeah, I, it probably. It's what they were but, well, for. you you say that. I think three hundred million is a huge amount for this <laughs> okay. movie, which I've never heard anyone say a good word about. But let's see. Okay. Third third question. This is the tagline. Now, I think a lot of people are going to get it on, on this. We'll see if you do. Okay. okay, so the tagline for this movie was Yippie Kaye, Mother Russia. Oh, okay. I saw this film in the cinema. Did you? Now, I don't know if I'm going to get the name of it right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So, uh, like, interjection here. We have to decide if the if the spirit of your answer is correct. Like, you are guessing the right yeah, film yeah. and you get a word wrong. Are we going to give it to you? Or do we need the exact wording of the film title right? Mm. I think we should give it to you. 
Okay. As long as it's obvious that you're guessing, uh, as long as it's not you say like Terminator Three and you actually meant Terminator Two. <laughs> like, okay. Well, I. I the thing is, I, I'm now thinking. Obviously, I'm thinking the Die Hard series, right? And yeah. I'm pretty okay. sure it's Die Hard Four. <clears throat> but, but I will say that. I am questioning that because of the tagline. Is it actually a spoof of that? But I'm I'm just gonna go. 300 million, there's no way a spoof would make that much money. So, I did see Die Hard 4 in the cinema. I thought it was, yeah, it was alright. Um, we'll go with Die Hard 4. It's not Die oh Hard 4. Oh my god! Yeah, I I thought for sure you would have it. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now, you're in the right series of films. Um, no way. But it, it came out, there was another one that soon. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. I okay. I can't so, remember there being a fight. No, no one can. No one remembers this movie. It was awful, and yet it apparently made three hundred million. I can't dollars. remember this at all. I, well, I haven't. I haven't seen it. And I'll, okay. I'll give it this so, time. Point, like question four. We this might be academic. We might be just kind of, kind of cantering our way towards an inevitable loss yeah. here. But let's see. So, starring, no, no surprises. Bruce Willis, his son, played by Jai Courtney. And uh, I want to say German. He might be Austrian, but he he was in talking of Paul Verhoeven. He was in the very good Paul Verhoeven, Verhoeven war movie Black Book. Uh, Sebastian Koch. Um, he's also in a bunch of other not the Brittany Murphy movie, oh, movie The Little Black Book. <clears throat> no, he was in he was in the Lives of Others as well. Did you ever see that movie? German movie. It was very good. No, although I did think okay. to myself, we're all in the lives of others, Conrad. As long as we meet someone in our life. Well, he was playing a Stasi agent, so he was in in particular in the lives yeah, of others. Very much so. um, does, that, does that jog any memories of what this movie might be? Oh, Bruce Willis, uh, yeah, it does actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bruce Willis is in it. No surprises. Well, so I saw Die Hard Four. I'm just, I'm just gonna go Die Hard Five. I don't know what's called. I so, okay, die, so this die is harder again. Is that what you, like, I, I'm going to tell? Uh, like, so I'm going to give you a clue. I think it's here. the fifth. Die it Hard is the film. it's the fifth Die Hard. Yeah. It's not called Die Hard Five. So I'm I like. Are you suggesting Die Harder again? <laughs> yeah, I answer? am. Yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Die Harder again. <laughs> That'd have been a better name, to be honest. Um, okay. So you're going to get another another crack at naming a random Die Hard oh. movie based on the naming convention. You're not a million miles away, I'll tell you that much. Um, I'm counting that as a, at least a half a point if I don't get this at all, though. You, I mean, spiritually, you've won. Yeah. If, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. If, not, if not technically. Um, fifth question. It's the plot synopsis. John McClane travels to Russia to help out his seemingly wayward son, Jack, only to discover that Jack is a CIA operative working undercover, causing the father and son to team up against underworld forces. Hmm. It's a fifth one. So Die yes. Hard Forever's out the, out the window. Um, oh, it could be called Die Hard Forever. If it's called, if it's called, that as an if it's called Die Hard Forever, I will be... I will... Honestly, that will really surprise me because usually <laughs> yeah. you go with the fourth, like Shrek taught us that. Um, uh, it is Dad Forever, isn't it? Uh, I don't. Know. I'm not. I'm saying nothing until until we lock in the answer. I can't say anything. Die Hard. Well, Die Hard with a Vengeance is the third one. Yeah, that's the third one. Die Hard Four is the fourth one. <clears throat> I think that's just called Die Hard. Oh yes, it might, or it might yeah, it think, might even just no. Uh, I think it might be just Die Hard Four, and this yeah, one's not Die Hard Five. 
No, not not that's not the title. Can I ask for a clue? Can I ask you a question for clarification? Okay. It is a bit of a clue you'll be giving me, but you know, at this point, I'm not going to get it. Is it just Die Hard and then a subtitle? No, Die Hard is in the title though, as <laughs> as you might expect. Okay. So it isn't. So it actually is just okay. So there's no. It's not Die Hard. Blah blah blah. It's actually just one sentence with Die Hard in it. It's a. It, it's a. Yeah. It's a turn of phrase that they have inserted the the phrase Die Hard into. Maybe maybe it is just Die Harder. And I and that was the first one that was called that. I'm going. I'm, you're going to have to lock in an answer. What are you going? Die for? hardest. Lock it in. Just die <laughs> hardest. There you go. So it goes in in your chronology. It goes die hard. Die hard with a vengeance. No, die hard two. Die harder. Mm-hmm. Die hard three with a vengeance. Yep. Die hard four. And then Die Hard Five, Die Hardest. No, no, which no. I, just I mean, Die Hardest. No. Oh, excuse me, just Die Hardest. Yeah. They've they've dropped the number because it was in the the twenty ten, yeah. so we didn't do numbers. Um, I'm afraid to say you are incorrect. <gasps> the name of this movie that no one saw that yet somehow made several hundred million dollars at the box office yeah. is A Good Day to Die Hard. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, that rings yeah. a bell now. A Good Day to Die Hard. I'm putting a zero what in. What a stupid, zero. what a stupid name for a film. Effectively killed the Die Hard series. Uh, I mean, Bruce Willis has kind of did way. that too as well, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they were they were one might have said they didn't really need to make Die Hard four either, but I mean that was at least okay. Yeah, yeah. But, die, but this this one absolutely put the bullet in its head. Um, okay, cool. Um, what a way to go out. Okay, half a point. We've done that bit now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half, Anthony says half a point. You decide at home. I put it down as a zero. The official <laughs> records will show zero, but this could be one of those situations where those in the know they they know who actually won this race um, or this nah, this, this nah, competition. That's, that's a fix. Who... Die Hard Returns Part Two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we're moving on because we've been doing this podcast for twenty minutes and we've done knots and scouts and Die Hard and we not, haven't talked about Batman yet. You haven't seen this. Yeah, there might be some not work in this. Um, you hadn't seen this going in, I believe. I had, re- I had read the graphic novel, although to the, the, to the listener's dismay, uh, obviously I was not reading with my glasses on. Don't wear glasses, but you know what I mean. Um, because <laughs> I forgot that Superman was in this, because I was saying in the last <laughs> episode, uh, and I like that you stayed tight-lipped on that, um, yep. you were sort of channeling me from the After Dark podcast there, weren't you? Um, yep, had to keep strong. Yeah, so you were saying to me, yeah, you just didn't didn't let, let me know because I was like, I was I was like, I don't think Superman might not it's like, might not exist in this uh, universe. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, he exists. Yeah, he exists. So in fact, actually, Superman is the first talking point mm-hmm. um, that I had here. So let's get into it. Um, this this um the graphic uh, graphic novel came out as a four parter, so it didn't actually come out as a graphic novel. It came out as four parts of a comic book in April 86 mm-hmm. and Watchmen came out in September 86 which was wild to me when I read that because I had spent the first 35 years of my life thinking oh this was 100% influenced by Watchmen mm, because Superman here is 100 like it's uncanny how similar to Dr. Manhattan he is in the Watchmen mm-hmm. in that he is like a tool of a very conservative Republican government, a very sort of chest-thumping, America's going to be great, I'm going to go off and fight all our wars for yeah. us kind of government. Um, how did you find this depiction of Superman as, like, the tool of Ronald Reagan? Yeah, I found I did find that quite interesting. 
and also it was it is interesting as well that like he still wants to be the superman who saves people yeah um it's just that somehow like what does does reagan like just does he just know does he just know that he has is he's weak to kryptonite uh, is that is that why he has power over him? Why why he's upset? I think it's just because he's like, I, I I think this is a very cynical comic about the nature of power and the nature of powerful people within power structures. That it's essentially like su- Superman and all su- superheroes had a choice to either kind of become subservient to the system or work outside of it and in this case green arrow like a superman i love the scene where superman has like shirt open glasses flowing lock clark kent and he's talking about how he like fucked up green arrow because he didn't want to he didn't want to be part of the system and how he's going to come fuck up bruce um and it's like it it really i think nails the tightrope of keeping superman as like this kind of boy scout good character but showing how even someone who is a fundamentally good person can make very poor choices that lead to them becoming an instrument of evil because superman basically like believes in the american ideal which has kind of failed at this point yeah yeah. it's been replaced by something else. yeah it's brilliant because he thinks like obviously he thinks that he by following the rules and being a boy scout he's actually being the better person but yeah but that's not always the way it works out and yeah that's that's a really interesting way to take it because if he's like the if he's like the the perennial rule follower well what happens when the rules change and the orders become more more uh more evil i suppose i don't know what the best yeah exactly i mean yeah it's i mean it's it's this brilliant juxtaposition and we've actually talked about this not in the context of marvel before but in the context of like dc uh well sorry dc rather but um sorry everyone i'll hand in my podcasting card (laughs) um we'll make it we'll make a, a clip of this and and we'll put like a real clickbaity thumbnail on it that's like idiot podcaster (laughs) self-owned and that'll get 100 million views um no we we, we've talked it'll be our best video ever we've talked about um how a lot of people in the real world are of the opinion that you should follow the rules Mm -hmm. and work within those rules to enact change for the better and I think this comic Inherent, uh, does a inherently, uh, you know, oxymoronic. To be honest with you, well, exactly. And and this comic I think does a really good job of saying yes, okay, but what if the rules and power structures that exist are inherently corrupt yeah, yeah. and they inherently uh, they they make they they ostracize certain groups of people or they criminalize certain groups of people or or they restrict good people from doing things that they need to do because because of you know whatever reason um and i think this is that's really interesting really interestingly illustrated in in the dark knight returns and in this this adaptation of it it is very interesting Uh, i will say it is also interesting the choice to have the breaking of those rules be sort of in in a way like you're 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 critiquing almost like a government down what, you know rules you have to follow the rules and and you know superman enforces those rules to sometimes detrimental effects um mm. and the way that that is broken is to almost just install a new fascist figurehead um in <laughs> kind in, of, yeah. in batman it's like do, do they not really understand that if you just left this hundred years and batman became the ruler like 
you know, like Reagan or whatever or whatever is mm. that, that you would just sort of be making the same system again, but it's well, this time I- Batman gets to choose. Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And I think what Frank Miller tries to do at the end of this, which we'll get to in a bit more detail, uh, we are going to jump around a bit in the chronology mm-hmm. of this, so I apologise if anyone loses track, but I'll try and keep us uh, keep, keep a, a, a narrative thread running through. Mm-hmm. But I think what Frank Miller tried to do with the conclusion of, of the second part of, Batman, of the Dark Knight Returns is show Batman acquiring ultimate power and then giving it back yeah. to the people. Though, in traditional kind of sledgehammer subtle frank miller fashion it's really he deputizes a bunch of former criminals to run the city because he's retiring (laughs) which is like maybe they'll be fine or maybe they'll turn it into a hellscape and i'll have to unretire again in 10 years yeah it's it's like it's uh, like actually in real life because it's like the a lot of the politicians who eventually retire or step away or have their term limits uh exceeded they then you know be like the newer generation and then like they're like right in the background you know still pulling the pull and the things going on talk shows doing rallies (laughs) saying who they like who they don't it's like okay but batman if you if you were training this like these fellas to sort of go on in your stead because you're going to retire don't then just come back from from death and just like yeah still be the leader of them (laughs) it's it's like uh, it's like the wwe when they like bring back like stone cold or whatever and it's like they treat him like a bigger deal than any of the people who were there day in and day out. And it's like, come on, we need to get past this. Like, ba- Batman should be putting over the new generation. He shouldn't be turning up and jobbing out, I don't know, Commissioner Yendel or whoever <laughs> <Yendel>. the... <laughs> Yendel. Also, that she, yeah, she just kind of gave up. <laughs> she does give up, yeah. yeah. But, so, I was going to ask what you thought about her as a character. I think she's a bit un- undercooked, personally. Very, Yeah, very undercooked, to be honest with you. Uh, and I think that... It, it's an interesting take that she comes in with new ideals, bright, bright-eyed, bright bushy-tailed, she's going to sort of make the world better, and then she just gives up because Bat, uh, Batman's too strong. I thought... Yeah. It's, it, it seems like there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a point being made there somehow, and I don't know if I genuinely agree with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I, I like the shift from Jim Gordon to Commissioner Yandel mm-hmm. where you've got like a pro-Batman police force mm-hmm. to an anti-Batman police force that basically stacks the deck against him as he continues to try and do Batman stuff, yeah. but i.e. fighting the, the Joker and all that jazz. The Joker. Um, and it's... Yeah, she just kind of gives up at some point. She's just like... She, she basically holds that opinion for, I don't know, a couple of weeks while she's settling into the job and then she's like ah, actually this is too much hassle let's just let him fly around and shoot criminals with his missile tank or whatever i don't care like, yeah and, got bigger fish and then fight. fully like actually does sort of concede whenever he's like properly in charge and on a horse you know yeah she yeah, she becomes subservient to him which is i, I like I, I think part of the problem with her as a character is she kind of occupies the same like in terms of like characters as metaphor she Mm -hmm. kind of occupies the same space as superman where they're both like we believe in the systems and controls in place and we're going to fight for good within those systems and it's like superman's kind of stealing your thunder a little bit on this one (laughs) yeah that's true but but superman does also then uh, sort of go on to almost just turn into an assassin that is gonna have to you know it's still a system that exists but it still is a bit less bureaucratic and more just go and kill them that's true, yeah. And also, uh, Superman gets nuked in this movie, uh, which doesn't happen to Commissioner Yandel. Um, Thank God. I, I did, Thank God. 
<laughs> yes, yeah, that's, uh, that's she wouldn't have survived that. I don't no, think. I don't think she would. Um, okay, so let's talk about briefly uh, impact of this comic because, uh, like, not in terms of uh, like too in depth discussion, but I think it's interesting looking at this and then looking at stuff that has been made after it, particularly live action stuff that very clearly pulls inspiration from it. So I think first thing, number one with a bullet, Joker is kind of the main villain of this part. We had like the. Um, the whatchamacallit's the mutant gang yeah. they're kind of the main antagonist of the first part joker's the main antagonist of this one um his appearance on a tv show mm-hmm. uh, like a talk show is 100 percent like the inspiration for joker uh like it's really it even interesting, e- isn't it? ends the same way really like it, it's sort of a very predictable outcome to that uh that whole situation but, but it's really it's really interesting because i'd i'd enjoyed the film joker but at the time, I did think it was very strange that the director of the Hangover Hangover movies movies was getting credit as being this amazing director now. And every as the weeks go on, as the years go on, everything from that film is lifted. Yeah, there's not one thing original about the, the film Joker. No, I, it's I not still a, enjoy it though. But yeah, I mean, it's not. I think that was the you had the problem with Joker the movie, and I appreciate that we're kind of contributing to this by even talking about it because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just became this like fog of people like just firing shit opinions into the internet and like just clogging any kind of legitimate discourse but i think the problem with that movie is that it was treated with too much hyperbole by everyone who was talking about mm-hmm. it so there were a load of people who were like maybe hadn't seen the stuff that it was inspired by and they were like this is the most artistic comic book movie ever made and it's like really really impactful and then like i guess it kind of to a certain extent is that but it's not a very high bar for comic book movies to be honest and then there was a lot of people who to be fair like i i'm probably more like me than i care to admit mm. who are like well actually you need to go see king of comedy and taxi driving yeah, you yeah. fucking idiot um and and the reality lies somewhere in the middle where it's like it's an okay movie i enjoyed it just fine but it, as you say it's not an original but it doesn't have an original bone in its body but can you imagine yes yes yeah, but i was thinking to myself can you can you imagine what an actual artistic director would do with it like todd howard kind of pulled the wool over the world's eyes into believing that he was this original art uh, director who brought a new take to a superhero film and he did and he did to a certain extent but having seen all the references that he was so clearly pulling from it it does seem like like a like a project in art college rather than like you know where you have to wear your references so clearly on your sleeve rather than an original idea and, and the thing is and fair enough it exists i'm looking forward to whatever they do with it I'm, i don't hate it and i don't hate todd howard i just thought it was like just so much um so much i don't know like hot air around it you know and i think and mm-hmm. i think that uh it's gonna like why eventually they're gonna have to give a superhero film to a proper artist you know like I would. Well, I mean, they've tried it. I mean, they tried it with Chloe Zhao for, and and to, there have been some others yeah, as well, but, like with yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I like you know, Paul Thomas Anderson. Look what he. <laughs> this is what I, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So look what he, give PTA. Look what he the next Superman. Look what movie. he did with a with an Adam Sandler comedy. What could he do yeah. with with a, with a with a superhero? Oh, imagine, imagine the things that Paul Thomas Anderson could do. Cast Daniel Day Lewis as the green lantern and let's fucking go that's that that's, could, that's, that's that could work the, that could work I, I, it could work I, I daniel day lewis has like wolverine oh 
Can you imagine? That'd be so good. Like he's too, he's a bit too tall to play Wolverine, so he'd have to walk around on his like knees. Tell that to Hugh Jackman. Tell that to Hugh Jackman. Uh, I, I've, I've been very outspoken about my hatred of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I think he was amazing in the role, but that he should never have been cast as Wolverine because basically it just made him a like the star of those movies. Yeah, it's not really Wolverine. Um, you know what's interesting about okay. that, Connor? Before we move on, I just want to throw this in. Right, is that most people? I would probably include myself in this. Their first time they ever saw Wolverine was through Hugh Jackman. So yeah, exactly. the idea that you could say the Hugh Jack you don't like Hugh Jackman as the choice for Wolverine is going to blow like eighty percent of people's minds. Yeah, and, and you know, just to repeat, he was great in the role. Like I think Hugh Jackman did a fantastic job with it. I just have issue with like wolverine is supposed to be like the opposite of scott summers he's supposed to be like this five foot six hairy as fuck canadian lumberjack dude like and scott summers is supposed to look like hugh jackman he's supposed to be like this this muscular pretty boy who is perfect and that's why the love triangle works with gene gray whereas in reality they like cast hugh jackman as that and it was like fuck how do we put cyclops in this which full disclosure i have a cyclops tattoo on my arm i am a bit of a cyclops yeah. fan um but they were like let's make him listen to nsync and just make fun of him the whole time <laughs> which that that one stang that one <laughs> that one took some coming back from i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest with you um okay so conan o'brien cameos in this as the talk show host lovely little random bit of uh random bit of casting but you know i think i i vaguely remember conan that's o'brien's a bit of a nerd unbelie- oh he's oh conan o'brien's a big nerd but that's unbelievable that i didn't even notice that he did that because yeah. i was going to make a really like sort of crazy analogy to uh the jay leno conan o'brien situation uh when we were talking earlier on about the uh <laughs> Uh, the, the idea of like pol- politicians retiring but staying in the having yeah, influence in the shadow because basically what happened with Conan O'Brien was that he was given the Tonight Show uh, and then Jay Leno would like I don't know there's, there's YouTube videos about it which are so good like literally Conan O'Brien's uh, you know career was really like hindered by Jay Leno and then he eventually had, yeah. to, had to go over to basic cable to do his show his the Conan O'Brien show on uh, TBS or whatever he did it on but he was completely screwed out of the Tonight Show from Jay Leno, and then Jay Leno yeah. like took it back nine months later. It, it, it's such a crazy story, and you should. Really... I didn't know that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's... it'll make you I, hate I, Jay I, Leno if you don't already. I I've never I've literally never seen anything that Jay Leno has ever done, but I've seen enough Conan to know Conan Conan right Co- <laughs> like Conan Conan. <laughs> conan is the barbarian conan is the talk show host but i i've seen enough conan to know like he seems cool and uh it seems better than jay leno at least um okay anthony question for you talking about stuff that was influenced by this to what extent is it ridiculous that Zack snyder tried to start his batman stuff with this (laughs) Like the first thing Zack oh, Snyder yeah. did, which we're going to talk about Batman versus Superman next week to yeah, kind of yeah. cap off our Batman stuff, to come in fresh. <laughs> yeah. Like Dark Knight Rises has come out, and then there's been I, I'm trying to remember when Batman versus Superman came out. I think it was 2014, 2015. So it's probably like a four or five year gap between Dark Knight Rises, and they were like, right, we're rebooting Batman mm-hmm. because the Kevin Feige is doing all this amazing stuff with Marvel. We need to do something else so we're, we're gonna like fast track batman and superman into these kind of ip clash movies yeah but like the idea that like kevin uh, that, that Zack snyder was like let's just do this we don't need to establish who batman is or who my batman is we're just gonna start with a movie 
where Batman and Superman beat the fuck out of each other. I, He's I, nuts. I remember this film, and I remember thinking about, like, obviously we're going to talk about more in detail next week, but I thought to myself, this, this, I remember being annoyed, even when they, when they first were coming up with the film, because I was like, why has Batman not got his own film to, to make this version of the character make sense? Yeah. and then do this i i it just really that's that's why dc's failed with this multi this uh this universe what dc universe yeah. they're doing because they, they want to get they they see what marvel's doing and they want marvel's 12th film but they want to do it yeah. second absolutely yeah no that is what they have no plan it's yeah. just like like this this movie or the, this comic this, and this idea of batman has a full 90 minute movie or to be honest actually it has about half of this movie as well yeah. really you have like you you have two to two and a half hours of batman establishing you know his his weaknesses the fact he's old his relationships to selena kyle and to the new robin and to alfred and to mm-hmm. gordon and to commissioner yandel all of this stuff that sets up the conflict and really gets you on side with this old broken down batman so that when he goes up against superman it's like you're kind of fucked here batman like yeah. you're gonna die in this fight and you're on his side whereas like to just go straight into that cold i know there's a bit of kind of set up in batman versus superman but it's nowhere near the level of this is insane to me that they thought that that was a that was a realistic thing to try and do first i think i, th- I think yeah it's so weird i just i just really think that it's a, i don't know what analogy to draw of this but i'll just basically say i think the problem that the, the problem that dc has is that they are trying to live too much on what christopher nolan did and what, like, basically, for example, Christopher Reeve did, right? So I think, like, the old Superman films and who the Superman character is, plus the Bat- Batman fever pitch from the mid-2000s, I think that they, they, think, they think that no matter what they do, if they slap Batman or Superman on a poster, they will get 500 million, 600 million, whatever. And you know what? Mm. To a certain extent, they might be right. But the problem is, yeah. it's going to have diminishing returns. And they, they, it's not, it's not, for, it, it's not going to at all help for long-term success of the company. It's no. going to just dilute the water, and eventually the quality is going to be so bad that that what are you left with? It's like, and even Emmett, who hasn't been on the channel in a while, will be back on soon, has talked to me a lot about. Um, he doesn't, he just doesn't really watch Batman stuff anymore. He, has, yeah. he, he didn't even watch the uh, Rob Pattinson Batman thing. And he's the biggest comic book nerd I've ever met. And he doesn't watch it because even in the actual comics these days, in DC Comics, over 50% of the comics they're running right now are Batman or Batman adjacent. Batman, Nightwing, yeah. <clears throat> uh, uh, you've got Harley Quinn stuff, you've got Joker stuff. It's mm. all Batman related. And it's just too much, you know? Yeah. And and, and you can... I mean, the, the, the crazy thing about it is you can very evidently damage the Batman brand as it pertains to films. Like, Joel Schumacher did it with Forever mm-hmm. and Robin. They needed to take, you know, eight years off yeah. um, to give people breathing room and time to reset their brains for the Nolan Batman to work. And the Batman vs. Superman and Justice League movies kind of did the same thing again. Like, I, lo- I love Batman as a character. Mm-hmm. I'm always interested in him. And I, I, by the time Justice League came out, I was like... I think I'm done with Batman movies for a little while. Like I just, admittedly, they didn't really make any after for me not to be interested yeah. in. But had they, I would have just been like, no, I, I'm not going to go see this because even if it's Batman, it doesn't feel faithful to the character really. 
mm-hmm. okay so but i will say uh the batman versus superman fight in this i thought was great mm-hmm. i do question why he doesn't just wear the mecha batman suit all the time because in this uh, particularly in this this movie he spends a lot of time getting shot and stabbed yeah. and it's sort of like could you not I understand it maybe limits his agility. So when he was younger and more of a ninja, he didn't. He he was prepared to trade the armor for speed. Yeah. But in yeah. your sixties, it's like just wear the armor, Batman. Come on. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> like, they didn't know. even really put much into saying that it's just been made or something. I think it's just implied that he'd already had it. Yeah, he had it ready to roll for when Superman yeah. stepped out of line. I think is basic. Like he he had like a big glass case with a like push button in case Superman wants to start some shit. Oh, I, I've written on I, it. I do like it's. I oh, know we have to suspend our disbelief, but to be honest with you, I love the idea that his big Superman busting suit uh, is is an armor bit of armor. But Superman has heat vision. Like he could literally just, <laughs> he could just boil you alive for one. The second thing. Yeah. The second thing is. He could also just burn your your mouth, like <laughs> you know, why why yeah. why could he just burn your mouth? I mean, Superman, yeah, Superman is as powerful or as weak as any story needs him to yeah, be, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And in this, and in this, Batman in armor is able to go toe to toe with him, which I'm happy to accept because it means we get a cool fight scene. But I do absolutely agree with you. He could punch a hole in the planet if he wanted to. <laughs> a, su- a suit of armor is probably not going to be an issue <laughs> yeah, yeah, for that. Exactly. Um, Okay, very quickly, before we talk about Batman the character as he exists in this, I just wanted to get a couple of things out of the way because uh, we did talk last week very briefly about how Frank Miller is kind of weird and a bit of a misogynist. Um, How did you feel about the Nazi lady in this? What was that? With swastikas over the boobs? What what was that? Yeah, that was an interesting choice by Frank, I thought. (laughs) I don't, like I don't like I know that she feels was... a bit fetishistic to me. Yeah, but to I, be like, mm. what if we got like this sexy Aryan lady with a flat top and she's topless? But check this, guys, she has swastikas over her nipples. <laughs> like it's. I mean, I understand. I understand on? she's a bad guy, but if you that's yeah, it's fetishistic. If you want to have a bad, if you want to have a bad guy who's a Nazi, then just have them be a Nazi. That's that's enough. I think it's yeah, it's, yeah it is weird. It is weird. It's very like I, I, it's very slocky because I mean, and I kind of think he. I, if I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt, I'd say he's trying to do like a a werewolf women of the SS style mm. thing, where it's like clearly tongue in cheek, a parody. Oh, yeah. But it, but it doesn't really feel like that. And also, just the fact that like, there's no other women in this. Like, like it, it, this isn't a grindhouse depiction of Batman. You know, there aren't, there aren't. It's not like a, I don't know, like Sin City or something mm-hmm. like that, where there's like strippers walking around with samurai swords and like women with guns for legs and shit like that. Where it'd be like, okay, in the context of that existing, this woman with like swastikas over her nipples mm-hmm. is like it kind of makes sense in this world. Like she really stands out as like Frank Miller just being like, I'm gonna put a hot Nazi lady in this comic and. There's nothing yeah. you can and do. You all have me. to deal with it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do. Yes, and like what? There's only a couple of female characters. Well, there's, there's Yindel, so, okay, there's yeah, out of the frying pan. Selinda Kyle. What, yeah. So, so Yendo actually. Yendo is a fairly decent depiction yeah. of a female character. Um, I might argue that her being a woman is kind of irrelevant because they don't really characterize her in any meaningful which, way. Which, beyond... for, to be honest with you, in one regard, makes her a good female character. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that is that is that there is there is something to be said for that. Um but um I think when when Yendel is there and then you have Nazi lady and then you have elderly Selena Kyle working as a madam. Yeah. 
and like kind of gagged and tight and dressed up as Wonder Woman. It's like yeah, what was that about? That's odd. That's an odd thing to do. And I kind of I kind of get where he's coming from because he wants to show that she's old and so she's gained a bit of weight and she's no longer this like super sexy femme fatale mm-hmm. that she was. But I feel like his his view of aging and his depiction of people aging doesn't apply to Batman. Like it, Batman is still built like a fucking bodybuilder mm-hmm. in his 30s. Like he's, you know, he's a bit a bit more robust, a bit squarer, but he's not like that. He should look if they really wanted to be faithful. I feel like he should be like Mister Incredible in the Incredibles. Like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he's fat yeah, yeah. now. Like he has a beer belly. Um, yeah, that would that would have been great, but we didn't get that. So instead, we get Selena Kyle as a madam, which is kind of I don't know. That felt a bit weird. And <laughs> again, I mean, just I like, don't I don't really know why why she would have like have to do that. Like what. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't really get much from the Catwoman character that makes me think that she. Why does Catwoman have to be a madam? Why does she have to be involved? Yeah, it, 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 it's 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 yeah, it's an odd kind of shorthand for her as still working in some kind of vice-like industry. Yeah. Like she's not a thief anymore, but she got into prostitution, and and it's I don't know. It doesn't really feel faithful to Catwoman as a character because her whole thing was kind of protecting these women. Uh, like on the streets that she grew up around and being a madam i don't know to some extent feels like well it's it, it, it is a take on that but I, but i but i also think that frank miller's putting a little bit too much of maybe what the audience's view of the character is rather than what the character is itself yeah i think that's true um but yeah so frank miller i find him a bit weird as an author to be honest but that's all i wanted to say on that mm-hmm. let's um we'll wrap up then with the man himself the big man himself uh very big in fact <laughs> very in this big one. beefy boy um batman so we get we get some interesting batman stuff in this one some pretty violent batman stuff in this one i'm gonna say and i'm saying that from the context of someone who watched him fire mortars and rubber bullets a bunch (laughs) of mutants in the um in the previous uh previous part of this movie uh so just off the top of my head, he puts out one of Joker's eyes with a batarang. Oh god, which that is... was Joker. Joker shrugged that, that off. He shrugged that yeah, off. Yeah, Joker was fine with that. He was like, <laughs> "Finally, the real Batman's here." It's like, do you want to go to a doctor or something? Well, a little side note on Joker. That was a bit weird. How how for some reason he allowed him? They allowed him to go on a chat show. Okay, we'll just we'll just we'll just, we'll just hang. Let that hang in the air is weird. Anyway, back to he Batman. He was a cured man. <laughs> yeah, like, what, what, that. what a weird way to Doesn't get in. Doesn't matter how many times he's tried to blow up Gotham. He's fine. <laughs> Why is he impervious to the bloody poison gas? What? Because he has red lips. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's developed an immunity to it or something, <laughs> which has had to be reverse engineered from my own DNA. Like what's yeah. going on? It's like um, it's like uh, Wesley in Princess Brides. Like he spent ten years taking a little bit of this poison every day in his food, and now he's immune to it. Um, but or maybe he's just got like a built-in respirator in his mouth or something, and nose. I guess. I mean, um, well, you can get all kinds of things in prison. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. He, he like yeah, and he had plenty of time. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, so that fight is. It's pretty cool, I think. Um, and and when we when we talk about like Batman establishing that Batman doesn't kill people, I think it's in service. Snapping of a gun like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's snapping a gun. He snapped a gun in half. 
Where did he do that? He's, I don't remember that. He, bit. Said, he said something about like these these weapons are not cultured or something, and snapped them and said, "Oh, that's right. You that's want to throw batarangs yeah. in people's eyes." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's after this. So I mean, maybe the 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 horse is out of the stable at yeah, that point. Yeah. Like he's already he's already put out Joker's eyes with a batarang, and then Robin acts. Robin kills someone in this, admittedly accidentally, but she she kicks um Abner, not Toy Man, but Abner, who makes a little toy gas robot friends. Um, kicks him off the um, off the the roller coaster, and he gets the old Temple of Doom situation. Like his cape gets stuck in the the gears of the roller coaster, and he's like, oh, and then gets sucked <laughs> in and and killed. Which I still I'm gonna say that's Robin's fault. And then we get the pretty amazing fight sequence where Batman and Joker go at it in the Tunnel of Love, which is just great. Um, and uh, yeah, Batman gets shot. Then gets the absolute shit stabbed out of him, mm-hmm. but but kind of stays on his feet long enough to, and I don't fully understand this bit. He sort of breaks Joker's neck, but then Joker's okay enough to sort of talk to Batman yeah. and give some final words before killing himself by properly breaking his own <laughs> neck. Yeah, which... so I I read that as like Joker realizing uh, or being happy enough to die, knowing that Batman will be blamed for him as his murder. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. I mean, I, I, it's more the sort of physics of being able to break your own neck like that. I was that. already like, half th- there. It's half there. I'm not a I'm not a doctor, but I don't think you can half break your neck. Like it's either broken or it's <laughs> or it's, it's not. A, it's a whole vertebrae thing. You know, what I mean, he. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. I mean, also, we don't know what he did in prison. Maybe he's got a weird spine or something that's got, like, uh, you know how some people have, like, teeth that let out, like, poison in movies? Maybe he's got, like, a vertebrae that when he, like, twists it a certain way, it explodes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's got the exploding vertebrae. Isn't there a film with the exploding vertebrae? Oh, it's Westworld. Westworld. Um, Westworld. Yeah. Westworld has the exploding vertebrae, although that barely features. Well, we, we did see <laughs> some hosts in this. There are there, uh, are, little, there we... are little robot people. Uh, oh, we see the little robot people. Yeah, so I mean they are. Maybe they, they... maybe he's maybe he is Robert Ford of Westworld. Yeah, Frank Miller not concerned with whether those robot children have sentience or not. They are just immediately killed. <laughs> I'm uh, glad they were robots. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um. So okay, Batman. Then what's what's your take coming out of this? Um. The the way like the way that Batman ends compared to where he starts his arc how how does it leave you feeling about him as a character? Um, there like I don't know I don't know it's a bit it's a whole thing like I, it was a bit he was a bit of a fascist for me um I think yes you know a ba- a fascist I don't know how you would say it but um yeah I, I think I think that. Uh, I don't know. Does he have a pure heart at the end? Does he want to fight crime, or does he want to still be the member of this underground gang? It kind of feels like to me he's the leader of an underground gang at the end of this film. Yes, yeah. I mean, he literally is. he literally is. Yeah. So I don't it, like it, he's not dead, as as the movie suggests. Yeah. He survived the fight with Superman, and he gets all the sons of Batman who have been deputized at this in this like big kind of final clash to restore order to Gotham, and then he takes them all underground as like we've got a new Batcave. Uh, I'm gonna teach you how to be Batman, and you're gonna go out and and keep the city safe because you're the only ones that can do it, and that's effectively the end of the movie. Um, it is in very stark contrast to say, for example, the end of The Dark Knight, or something mm-hmm. where where he's like he and he sacrifices something for the people. Whereas, what's he really yeah. sacrificing here? He's sort of 
I suppose he doesn't really have any money anymore. Maybe I don't know. I mean, he do- he does. I mean, he's able to retire in relative comfort. I think mm-hmm. like the only thing he re- it's more. I think this the this story is more about a clash of ideas, like him and Superman, him and mm-hmm. Commissioner yeah. Yandel. Um and it's I I do like it, and I think Batman is a very cool character in this. It's a very I like it, yeah. well realized depiction of Superman. But I do totally agree with you that there are some elements of it that it's a bit like in maybe this read differently in the 80s but when you look at it now it's like okay and i and i i some people are going to roll their eyes at what i'm about to say but you have to interrogate these kind of things based on the implicit biases of the author right just because someone didn't necessarily intend for the bias to be there doesn't mean the bias isn't there frank miller is a pretty wealthy white guy and batman is a pretty wealthy or very wealthy white guy and ultimately this story or all Batman stories, if you're not careful with it, can become the tale of a very wealthy white man beating up a bunch of poor people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 and I, this film concluded that that was the only way that they, yeah. they could keep everything in line. Absolutely, yeah. And I, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying this because I think that criticism should be applied to all Batman movies. I think the early ones are very good about kind of elevating it to the realm of kind of like parody and mm-hmm. stylized uh storytelling where the the class element kind of gets eliminated from it and the nolan stuff i think st- does a really good job of of kind of placing batman within that conflict in a way that doesn't make him seem bad in this batman goes from a guy who's like oh, i've got to unretire because i got to fucking deal with two-face <laughs> yeah. and these mutants which i'm kind of like okay yeah, I yeah. can kind of get that, and then by the end, he's like beating the shit out of Superman and like installing a crim- a former criminal gang as like yeah they the, they the were all criminals. City. Yeah, it's like I don't know if this <laughs> feels good to be honest. Well, like, the ending of it as well, uh, like there, there is a sequel to it. Remember, I told you, but the thing is, the, mm. the sequel came out so many. I think it was like two thousand one. I looked it up actually, so it yeah. came out so many years after. But it does really feel like it doesn't feel like Batman's story is finished here. Because it, no. it, you can't end with your good guy just being the leader of an underground gang who has just concluded that I'm the only person and we're the only people who can bring order to the world. Yeah, so quite a, that's quite a strange thing. Like little, like little groups of people who decide that they're the only way that the world can be, can can be right, and their their rule of law is the only way we can fix everything. Yeah. It's, well, it's 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 uh, as time, well, it's libertarianism. Yeah, like as time goes on, in. that group as it grows is not going to be good news for the world. No, and and more to the point, like the end of the Superman Batman conflict in this is resolved because Batman wins the fight, but he dies or appears to die, and Superman knows he hasn't actually died, but is prepared to perpetuate the light. He he dies, and that satisfies the powers that be, the 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 governmental power structures who are like, you need to go and fix this Superman uh, this Batman mm-hmm. shit because it's looking bad for us in the papers. Now, that's fine, but the then proposed solution to this is like Batman training a bunch of new new kids on the block to be new Batman. And it's like Okay, but is is Ronald Reagan going to be like, now listen, Supes, uh, we're going to let them be. Like, no, he's going to send Superman to fucking kill all the new Batman. And it's going to be much easier because they're, like, yes. they're all like 21-year-old former criminals. They're not billionaires. Yeah, it's uh, just... well, Superman will be able to kill them very easily. Yeah. Uh, like... And that, that's something maybe is overlooked because 
Superman could hear your heart beating while you're underground. Do you not think he's he's gonna find your little lair? <laughs> he knows the lair's there. He's <laughs> yeah. just, like when he's walking away from Robin, who's like laying flowers he at the winked. grave, he's just like, "I'm gonna be fucking back in five years' time. I know I am. I know I am. We're gonna get a new president in. Fucking Bill Clinton's gonna take the White House, and it's gonna be all right for ten years. And then George W is coming in. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be like we need to make an example of these bat characters. Oh god. It's just yeah. It's a very it's a very strange ending um and i think is there anything else that you would like to discuss about this or do, uh, i think we've covered most everything but is there any other thoughts you wanted to get in before we get to a roundup no no just to add that we also missed robin as a female character but apart from that let's move on robin is, that's true robin is is a, is a female character but again not much characterization of robin apart from mm. kind of briefly overheard conversations between her parents who are kind of like again frank miller's politics kind of seep in where she where they're like we went to that protest like you know we did our bit and it's like okay so this is how frank miller feels about left-wing people it's just like these left-wing people went to a protest achieved nothing and now that all they do is get high and ignore their daughter (laughs) that's that's the life which to be fair is very much how i'd like my life to (laughs) go yeah 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 so frank's not wrong on that one yeah. i just don't appreciate him calling me out so explicitly <laughs> um okay rating then uh we have to do this is it's uh, required by law that we give this movie a rating where are you landing on this in a five star scale i said three star for the last one yes i think you do i think i'm gonna go three star again i think this uh okay. this is uh no no better no worse good i if I'm honest, I gave this four star when I when I watched it, and now I think I've talked myself out of a four star and into a three star with my criticism <laughs> of that ending because it just doesn't sit that well with me. I still I still like it. I still think Batman's a really cool character in this. I just think that when you start to really think about it, some of the things are a little bit troubling. Um, and that that, ladies and gentlemen, is Conrad last week being a bit of a hipster. This is like a, you know the animated film. It's got to be a four star. Yeah. It's yeah. an animated film, you know, that is like a bit sort of on the outskirts of uh, popular fandom. Absolutely. So it yeah. was a four star, but now he's been there for a couple of weeks now, and like you know the, yeah. the words on the street that the best movie podcast yeah. ever has covered this. So now he's like, actually, you know what, three star. <laughs> All the fucking Johnny Come Lately <laughs> yeah, turning up yeah. and be like, have you seen the Dark Knight Returns? I'm like. I was watching The Dark Knight Returns <laughs> yeah, a week ago. Yeah, I was, right? I was born on... in The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm on to new shit now. Right? Catch up. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not doing it. This, is, this podcast is a Bane voice free zone. Oh, That's sorry, my sorry, promise sorry. to you, the listener. There will never be a Bane voice. <laughs> I think we've already broken that rule, to be honest. We, don't, no, no, we, uh, we haven't broken the rule because it's not a true Bane voice until you get you get a big glass out. and Get the pint glass and talk into it yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. we'll never do that. That's my promise to you. And you can take that to the bank um okay that's gonna do it for us then this week on the best movie podcast ever uh, which leaves us with one simple question to answer as we always do and that is anthony what's your favorite movie of this week my favorite movie this week has got to be 100 percent got to be while i think of it um i'm watching stranger things season four at the minute and uh go on yeah uh, it's, it's not. It can't be Stranger Things season four, but it's reminding me an awful lot, an awful, awful lot of '80s films in general. So <laughs> I'm just gonna say California Man. The oh the um uh, Paulie Shaw. The oh Paulie Shaw. I was thinking of fuck. What's his name? The guy from the Mummy. Uh, Brendan Fraser. It, well, Brendan Fraser is Brendan in Fraser. it. Yeah, Brendan Fraser. Oh, he is in that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I yeah. think he, he's he's like the frozen the frozen guy from the uh, fr- he's like the frozen caveman, and then Paulie Shaw is like the teenager who discovers him. 
Okay. Uh, well, it's a good shout. Um, I'm glad that you vamped for as long as you did there because it gave me time to check my letterbox to remind myself what I've actually watched this week. <laughs> um, I have not mentioned this before. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, Anthony, but I, I finally got around to watching the uh, Indian movie RRR or Rise raw revolt i think is what it stands for it's a very very good action movie a lot of lot of smoke on the street about this movie on the internet oh, really and, um and it's well worth checking out it's about overthrowing british colonial colonialism through the power of friendship which i think we can all get behind uh, love murph love right okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on tars uh, See, conrad loves conrad loves a little bit of friendship uh healing barriers and love healing barriers oh when absolutely it's, when it's do, not christopher right? nolan <laughs> it's the alternative indian cinema you bet believe no when it's when it's not christopher nolan jacking himself off over how original the idea is it's like yeah we get it friendship friendship was the healing wounds in like fucking bill and ted all right like it's not something he came up with i have to say though i have to say apparently i haven't seen it yet but apparently light years going down the chris nolan route in terms of the old uh in terms is it the old time divergence that's all we'll say okay well you'll you'll love it and i'll hate it then is I'm, the I'm, gonna, I'm gonna love it <laughs> I'll probably enjoy it. It looked all right. Yeah. Uh, no, no Tim Allen. That's an instant boost for me, as far as, far as I can say. Gone woke. <laughs> yeah, it has. They fucking ruined it. They fuck it. The SJWs have got a hold of Buzz Lightyear and they've ruined him. <laughs> do you think? Do you think they've that massacred they'll, our uh, boy? Do you, <laughs> do you think that they'll go too far in the other direction and recast Woody as like a really racist actor to play like a realistic cowboy? Now? I'm hoping it's. To, I'm hoping it's Chet. <laughs> oh yeah get chet hanks uh chet hanks as as a, as a young just a diversity hire you know yeah to address the balance yeah. that's what we need yeah, yeah. um get these sjw's out of my disney okay that's gonna do it for us i'm gonna put a big thing week. on the screen saying satirical yeah that's fine well i mean i i feel like we shouldn't hopefully shouldn't need to advertise when we're joking but you know just in case yeah. we'll or, or just assume everything we say is a joke unless you agree with it in which case it was completely serious um i've lost my place in the outro now that's gonna do it for us this week i haven't written it down that's the problem on the best movie podcast ever uh thank you to jared iscariot and natty wyatt for the use of our theme song you find links to their stuff down in the description below and thank you to you for putting up with this episode <laughs> listening we really do appreciate it get involved in the comments let us know what you think of frank miller's weird nazi women fetish um or what you thought of the movie in general um please subscribe if you haven't already we're the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps and we are the culture cave on youtube um and we will see you for what did i say it was batman versus superman yeah. same time same place next week and cut